Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Back. And thank you for listening, David. Yes. How you doing? Oh man, the mood is set. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if you had, maybe you haven't noticed. We usually have more light in here. When we oh, record. that's true. Yeah, I. I uh, <laughs> so I usually turn on my overhead light uh, when we record. But and this, this is how you this work. Is, in this here. is how I work. Yes, yeah. just one la- one single lamp and a lone saxophone I, playing. No, I kind of like it. I feel like if you're working at your computer mm-hmm. and that's the only light source, that's probably not good for your eyes. You should probably have a light closer to. You your eyes oh i do have that light but uh, at the moment it has a really bad bulb like it has like one of those bright white oh, bulbs, yeah, okay. and so i need to replace it with uh, something yellow and a bit more moody uh but yeah this is basically what it looks like although honestly i spend precious little time in here anymore um like the really? work the work that i do is either at school or i'm driving or whatever. Oh, and David, I don't mind telling you along those lines. I got the notification today that I have hit 1,000 rides. And you know what that means? What? I get a jacket. Lyft oh. is sending me a jacket that, guess what? I'm never going to wear. Because I don't think I want to announce to people that I'm, I drive for Lyft. I'm picturing a bright pink satin bomber jacket uh from what i (laughs) gather it is black with just a very small lift logo that is also in black so it's it's not very noticeable but it also lift bright (laughs) pink satin you want you want a company that is so unaware of how it is viewed socially (laughs) Mm -hmm. that it's like sure people are going to be thrilled to announce it to everybody that they drive for lift (laughs) and that their that their life has gone great uh but anyway, okay, so uh, we can move on. Okay, yeah. Um, wait, that's what you had to talk about at the top of the show? No, no. Oh, okay. Uh, what I have to talk about is the trailer for Orson Welles' The Other Side of the Wind. Yeah, 2018 movie. 2018 movie. Once again, I've said it before. I will say it again. Until the final credits are rolling, and even then, I'll still be suspicious. I will not believe that this movie <laughs> actually exists. Yeah. Uh, and arguably, it doesn't. Um you know, one of the reasons that it took so long, I mean, they always had the footage and they had, uh, Wells instructions, not quite. I don't think they were quite as in depth as his, uh, touch of evil? Psy- psychopathic memo, uh, for touch of evil. Um, but he, you know, he had various people that he worked with and that they had an idea of how he wanted it put together. Uh, but those people did not want to do a disservice to, Orson Welles by putting it together in a way that wouldn't fit with what he does or what he did. And so the film that we're seeing, you know, when they say like Orson Welles film finally released, like it is his film officially, but it still isn't. Mm -hmm. It still is not. It's never, you know, the other side of the wind is not a finished film. Is he the only credited director? I believe he's the only credited director. Yes. Okay. Um, And so I feel like, I can watch it and I'm perfectly fine saying it's, it's an Orson Welles film. All of that is fine. But because of the circumstances, uh, I still have a hard time fully embracing it as, you know, his final film or, uh, an official part of his, of his, uh, oeuvre. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I'll tell you, I will say that in, the trailer in a week or two, I'll tell you mm-hmm. how to pronounce that word. When I come back from Canada speaking oh, fluent French. Yeah. Um, I know that one. Um, 
but then I just want to say invaders because that's what Lumiere says in uh, Beauty and the Beast. Also, um, I'm not going to Quebec, so I don't know. I'm going to English speaking. Canada. You should. You know what you should do is you should try to speak French to everyone you meet there. <laughs> like see. a phrase book. <laughs> uh, how you say? <laughs> um, Why am I talking in a French accent at that point? <laughs> Why am I saying how you say? Uh, I don't know. Just to see what they do, I guess. Um, but yeah, I did see the trailer and it looks, it looks really good. The trailer doesn't tell you any information, but then the film itself, uh, from what I understand is very abstract. Uh, cool. as a director, he was starting to move in a very specific direction. One that is almost, if you know anything about like the, the making of the other side of the wind, it was very, it was almost Terrence Malick like where he had a general idea of what he wanted. He would shoot scenes. Sometimes he would just be like, all right, everyone, we're shooting a scene. And people like, uh, we're not, we're not actors. You psycho fat, crazy person. Uh, and he's like, I don't care. I'm doing this. Uh, and then he would like call up his poor, poor collaborators at like 3am and say, let's, let's go here. It's four hours away. Um, so it was crazy. Uh, not to imply that's how Terrence Malick does it, but the idea of like kind of just pulling anything into this movie and thankfully working with an equally crazy person, John Huston as his lead actor, uh, helps a lot. And so, um, so I'm definitely intrigued by it and I'm ready for it to be a, a really fascinating experience. Uh, I do hope that it gets a low level theatrical release. I think it's going to certainly in Los Angeles. I think it's going okay. to, I don't know for how long, but, uh, yeah, the trailer was, was interesting and it's to the point now where I'm, I'm, uh, I'm letting myself get excited for, it. I mean, of course I was joking when I say that, like, I'll believe it when I see it, like once they announced it and once it had a release date, of course I knew it was coming, but, uh, I still kind of held back for the reasons that I was talking about, but at the same time, like, putting aside all of my kind of academic concerns, uh, I can still enjoy it for like, if nothing else, I'm seeing a bunch of Orson Welles footage put together in a specific sequence starring John Huston. And we didn't get to see that. We haven't gotten to see that. And that's very exciting for me as a, as a Welles fan. All right. Let's pay some bills. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> well, let's do something Orson Welles never did, which was pay his bills. Um, okay. <laughs> I think you're going to say shill. He definitely did. Oh, no, there was no question about that. Uh, and then he would take that money and put it into his movies and then just sleep on friends' couches. Um, all right. So this episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a handpicked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy all for only $8.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Currently available on Mubi are three films by director Johnny Toe, which uh, Mubi is dubbing the Men on a Mission series. Uh, Toe's films uh, Vengeance, Mad Detective, and Triad Election are all off-kilter... Triad. Cr- triad, pardon me. Um, Thank you. Uh, now I feel like a big jerk. Uh, are all off-kilter crime stories about the inner workings of the underworld and the twisted souls that are a part of it. Uh, so these films are available along with several, with, uh, let's see, 27 others. Uh, and there's also a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. 
you can try me uh, movie free for a month uh, just go to movie.com that's m-u-b-i.com slash battleship to redeem now uh, toes 2009 film vengeance leaves movie in just a few days so be sure to take advantage of our bp deal right now to see movies full uh full johnny toe series yeah get on that <clears throat> I want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Um, I'll tell you what I was listening to today okay. by way of telling you a story. The other day I was in the car with uh, my lovely wife, Natalie, mm-hmm. and um, I had like built a playlist of like new stuff that I was listening to. This band came on, and I was like, oh, list, like I really like these guys. They have a new album out. They're called Ancestors. And she was like, Ancestors, that's, I'm not going to say his name, that's so-and-so's band. And I was like, huh? Who? And she did something that I've been with my wife for the better part of a decade. A normal conversation we have is that she mentions someone that I've met multiple times and I have no memory. And she has to like walk me through like, you know, the person, he looks like this, he's friends with this, we did this with him. Anyway, so finally I got to run until I was like, realized, oh, this band that has a new album out that's really good, they're called Ancestors. I know the guitarist and lead singer, kind of. We have, I don't really know him, we have mutual friends. Um, I'm looking it up, so, I'm not going to uh, announce it, but I'm looking um, it up. You don't know him. Um, <laughs> we'll just see. Uh, All right, I don't recognize any of these names. Uh, yeah, yeah um, but uh, uh, so that was a fun uh, experience. So I've been listening to uh, Ancestors uh, a lot. They're a Los Angeles, uh, I guess, sort of stoner doom metal band. They're very good. Sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. Uh, they're available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Tyler, Mm -hmm. let's get into it, shall we? All right. Here's I'm what just we're gonna, gonna sit here and you just talk. No, no. Here's what we're gonna do. All right. Um, this is. Uh, I'm going to the Toronto Film Festival in a few days. I'm like I said. I'll come back uh, being like, yeah, poutine. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, You're like this far away from just pure Cajun at this point. Uh, oh, see, I was going for the chef from Little Mermaid. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poisson, le poisson. <laughs> oh. um, that's the most in tune, you, in tune you've ever <laughs> sung in that's my That's probably presence. true. Apparently, that's my that's my register. <laughs> uh, I really love that song too. Little Mermaid's great. It is um, great. All right. Uh, so I'm going to the Toronto International Film Festival. Here's what we're going to do. This is something we did for our Sundance preview. But that was when there was two of us. Indeed, and it was Scott's idea. But okay. Like, like with. Richard working on Pied Piper in the Hooli offices. Mm. The, the idea became ours when Scott came up with it. Sure. Doing Battleship Retention. So we're stealing this from Scott. I'm going to give you two movies at a time. You're going to help this me. This is my idea, by the way. Uh, was it, was, it? It was not Scott, Scott's oh. idea. Scott sure. congratulated me on having such a good idea. I guess not memorably 
good, but okay. maybe Scott was so effusive about how good your idea was Fair that enough. I, that, that you uh, assumed he was congratulating himself. I, I mean, yeah. Uh, Scott's <laughs> not one to throw praise around willy nilly. <laughs> That's uh, true. Um, That's true. Uh, <laughs> Okay, All right, so you're so, going to pick two movies. So you're going to you're going to help me build my schedule. Oh, I mean, this is exciting. At least that's the conceit. I've mostly got my schedule worked out, but the conceit is you're going to help me build. I'll just my... be a prop <laughs> that you can just bounce. I'm just a wall that you can just hit tennis balls against. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. So so I'm going to give you two movies at a time that are playing the Toronto International Film Festival 2018, and you have to tell me uh, which one I should favor. Okay. 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 So, um, all right. All right. Uh, already. Why is, is this, is this not, website a mess? Um, yeah, are these not in order? Oh, I see. They've got the T's Ugh. under T. That's why. <sighs> Fucking Canadians, man. Um, yeah, that's what it is. Okay. So, first up, uh, Everybody Knows is the new Asgar Fahardi movie okay. starring Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem. Uh, it's going to be hard to beat. Uh, well, then, your competition is If Beale Street Could Talk, which is the new movie from Barry Jenkins, uh, director of Moonlight. Mm. Um, and I thought I was, I thought this view on the website would give me more information at a time, but apparently I have to click on everything. Um, uh, anyway, um, it's a adaptation of a James Baldwin novel about a woman fighting to free her falsely accused husband from prison before the birth of their child. Mm. Um, yeah, this website's moving too slow for me to do the full synopsis and everything. Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to have to give you what I know. So which one should I pick? Asgar Farhadi, Barry Jenkins. I w- okay, I'll be honest. I'm going to say Asgar Farhadi. I think as much as I liked Moonlight and as good as that sounds, I just think that you'll you'll get a more unique perspective and probably an edgier concept uh, or, or execution from Asgar Farhadi. Uh, all right. Um, I'll tell you that I made the same decision mostly because if Beale Street Good Talk already has a release date, so I know I'm going to see it oh, in the okay. next coming, coming couple months anyway. So everybody knows is definitely uh, higher on my list. Okay. Uh, Maya is the new film from Mia Hansen Love. Um, I think her last film was um, the Isabel Huppert starring Things to Come, oh, okay. which I think made my top 10 list a couple years ago. This is a movie about a French war, car- war correspondent released from captivity, captivity in Syria and is unable to rebuild a normal normal I can't talk unable to rebuild a normal life until he returns to his childhood home okay so that's Maya and then going quite different from that American Dharma is the new Errol Morris documentary uh, about Steve Bannon <laughs> so which one should I pick the Mia Hansen love well okay drama? so here's the thing I I'm inclined to say the Errol Morris one but I was not a big fan of the unknown known I feel like uh, he was That's right okay. I feel like he was too I feel like he's very good when he's a few years removed from his subject mm-hmm. uh, I think it's why fog of war is so effective and the unknown known is not um, so I will say at the same time, Steve Bannon is just such a fascinating... Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I'm any white male character actor, I'm just waiting. <laughs> it's like this thing is just going <laughs> to fall in my lap. Um, but I will say uh, Maya. Okay. God, who should play Steve Bannon? We've lost Maury Chaikin and Philip Seymour Hoffman. I know. We've lost the two. <laughs> what, what is there left? No, um... 
There are there are others I'm sure that uh, could do a great job. I can't. John Goodman. John Goodman is almost too. I would want it to be. He doesn't. He doesn't seem quite as. See, that's the thing is like. For a long time, I just said that Steve Bannon just reminds me of every corrupt cop in L.A. Confidential, uh-huh. and so like Graham Beckel, oh Graham Beckel, could, yeah. could play him. But I you feel like else? you want someone that's a bit a little bit better known. I think if he can not do the Boston accent, I'm forgetting the character actor's name, but he was the dad from the Fighter. He was on the re- on Rescue Me. You know that guy? Oh yeah, he's great. I forget his name now. Is it Jack something? Jack McGee. Jack McGee. Yeah, yeah. he's great. Like he him. is great. Yeah. Oh, and he's but got. I've never heard he him not do the, the Boston, complexion but, for it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't let him hear you say that. All right. Next up, uh, we're going to burn through these. Uh, that's fun. Next up is the battle of the American middle brow drama uh, dramas. Okay. You've got uh, Peter Hedges' Ben is back, which is the one about Julia Roberts' um, son Lucas Hedges, whose father directed, mm-hmm. um, who uh, is in rehab, I think, and then comes back for the oh, holidays. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And then you've got Boy Erased, which is Joel Edgerton's, um, um, I think he stars in it and directed it, uh, where he, he plays, it's about the teenage son of a Baptist pastor is forced into gay conversion program by his parents. So which uh, one should I go to see? I think Ben is back okay. is the one to see. Boy Erased has a great cast. Um, but what I will say is that like, I think Joel Edgerton, I have a feeling that uh, film is not going to be remarkably subtle. I think it's going to be probably a bit histrionic. I, uh, what are the odds? I mean, uh, given the one film of his that I've seen, he's yeah. not a, he doesn't seem like a very sensitive director. Yeah. I feel like his, I feel like the cast will have to do a lot of the heavy lifting there as they did in the gift. I thought Jason Bateman did a great job actually. But, uh, but yeah, I definitely think Ben is back is the way to go. I'm excited that Lucas Hedges is getting so much work. Um, I'm really interested to see him directed by his father. All right. So next up, should I go see Jonah Hill's directorial debut mid nineties, the coming of age story about a teenage boy, blah, blah, blah. Um, or should I see, uh, where is it? Um, it is right here. High Life, which is the new Claire Denis movie in which Robert Pattinson uh, plays an astronaut, I think. They both sound really good. It's I'm Claire actually... Denis English language debut. So you got okay. Jonah Hill's directorial debut, Claire yeah. Denis making their first English language movie. As you know, I do not like when actors direct. But and there's every... a lot of that at this TIFF. But mid-90s seems so far away from Jonah Hill. Like he's not in it, uh-huh, which is a, a, a big thing, but like nothing about the tone of that film seems like the kind of thing that I associate with Jonah Hill. And so that intrigues me. Uh, and the fact that it's a, it's, I mean, it's a largely no name cast. Lucas Hedges once again is in it. Um, but I think he's the biggest name in it. And it just looks like such a, it looks like a really interesting film, partially because it looks like it could have been made at the time. Looking at the trailer, it looked like kids, you know, Larry Clark's kids. Um, So I think I'm really intrigued uh, by that one. Okay. So if anything, we're going to go with uh, Robert Pattinson as an astronaut for sure on that one, but that's why we do this game. Well, look, my, one of my criteria for anything is like, what are the odds I'm going to see a lot of Jinkos? in it <laughs> and i i think in this one yeah. i think the the choice is clear okay next up um and i think you're probably excited about this movie denis arcan's the fall of the american empire which is the thematic 
successor to Decline of the American Empire and the Barbarian Invasions, mm-hmm. which you are a fan of both, right? Uh, I've only seen Barbarian Invasions. Oh, okay. Um, so that's one. You've got The Fall of the American Empire, or you've got um, the movie, not to put my thumb on the scale of the movie, I'm uh, more excited for, which is... Oh, come on. Uh, Hirokazu Koryedu's Shoplifters, equal parts incisive social critique and nuanced family portrait, the latest from Japanese master Hirokazu Koryedu, winner of this year's Palm Door, blah, blah, blah. Probably that one. Okay. I think. So honestly. more than the fall of the American Empire. I think so, yeah. All right. So. Because um, I, I, I really like Barbarian Invasions. I don't necessarily love it, though. Oh, okay. See, I th- I, I, in my memory, you liked it more than I, more than you did, I guess. Um, all right, next up, these are two that came up on our film movie preview, uh, which means they both have release dates already. Steve McQueen's Widows. Do you know what this one? I do. Okay. Or uh, David Lowry, not the guy from Cracker, his uh, The Old Man and the Gun. Uh, Robert Redford's apparently final film. We'll see. I think probably that one. I think Man with the Gun. Um, just David Lowry, I think, is probably... Oh, wait. Is it not... Oh, you know what? Is it a the... There it is. Yeah, it's under yeah. the this stupid thing. Um, yeah, I think probably that one just because it sounds like such a fascinating idea. Um, and Steve McQueen is not a favorite of mine. I think he's an interesting director, yeah. but I didn't love. I didn't see Hunger. I hear it's very good. I didn't love Shame really at all. Yeah, uh, and yeah. then I have major issues with Twelve Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say. Uh, go Lowry. Yeah, that's, uh, honestly, I'll probably see neither because I'm trying to focus on stuff that doesn't have a release date, yeah. but this is, this is I, two things. I want to talk about movies that people will be excited about. Mm-hmm. And also I don't want to necessarily talk about all the movies that I'm going to talk about in a couple weeks yeah. when we do the wrap up episode. So, uh, all right, next up, um, another couple of movies that we talked about last week, Quincy, which is the documentary about Quincy Jones directed, co-directed by his daughter, Rashida Jones. Yeah. Or uh, First Man, the new Damien Chazelle movie First in which uh, Ryan Gosling plays an astronaut. I'd say First Man. Okay, yeah. Even though, even though I was saying that, like, I'm... In the movie journal, I was saying that, like, I'm kind of uh, vaguely disappointed that Damien Chazelle has chosen to go with mm-hmm. such a straightforward choice. Um, I'm also not... On one hand, I'm perversely interested in seeing, like, a daughter make a documentary about her father, but uh, or co-make it about her father, yeah. but, like... That could either be like gushing or really, really angry. It's I think it's gonna be know. gushing. Probably. Yeah. And so like I, I'm not interested. All right. Next up is Bradley Cooper's directorial debut, A Star Is Born, or Life Itself from not directed by the guy from Balls of Fury, but okay. directed by Dan Fulman, <laughs> who wrote Crazy Stupid Love uh and um uh created This Is Us. Uh I've not seen Crazy Stupid Love and I have not seen This Is Us. Uh, what was the other option? A Star is Born. Oh, uh, that. Okay. That, I'm I'm becoming very interested in that movie. Like, I saw a trailer for it when I saw Black Klansman the other day. I've seen the trailer a few times. I'm, I'm interested, uh, you know, on one hand, I'm interested to see Lady Gaga act, and I know that she's done it before, but I'm also, I really feel like Bradley Cooper, as an actor, I think as a director, I'm sure it's probably fine. Yeah. But as an actor, he really looks like he's like getting this part, and I'm I'm very excited to see what he does with it. All right, all right. Your next choice 
is between the Sisters Brothers, okay. which is a Western directed by Jacques Odiard and yeah. starring John, John C. Riley and Joaquin Phoenix. Or, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, oh, really? I believe it's it's him, right? Wow. I don't know. I, I thought there were I just think, two sisters brothers. Well, though, they're the brothers, okay. but he's like this this other guy that I think they're pursuing. Oh, how about or that? something like that. Uh, and then um, a Canadian movie called Through Black, Spru- Through Black Spruce. Um, Dominic Keller and his cast explore the way a young Cree woman's disappearance traumatizes her family and triggers events in two worlds. In Moosonee, the remote northern Ontario community, community she fled years ago, and Toronto, where she modeled before va- vanishing. And before you decide, let me tell you, Graham Greene is in this movie. <laughs> Could be a selling point. So Sisters Brothers or Through Black Spruce. Damn, why can't Graham Greene be in Sisters Brothers? <laughs> yeah, he ought to Feel, be. It feels like an oversight, right? Yeah. Uh, I will say uh, I think Sisters Brothers, for a, few, a, a number of reasons, it just seems so fascinating. And the rest of this cast is great. Riz Ahmed, Rutger Hauer, Carol Kane, uh, and others. But m- notably, not Graham Greene. Yeah, that I think is that's I mean, look, the movie's starting at a B minus. Yeah, uh, because no Graham Crean, as far as I can tell, no Jinkos. And so, you know, <laughs> what's what's even the point of this thing? Yeah. OK. Um, next up, Red Joan, Academy Award winner Judy Dench okay. and Sophie Cookson take on the complex persona and legacy of Joan Stanley, the seemingly demure physicist who was also a long serving British spy for the KGB. Whoa. That's red Joan. Okay. About Judy Dench being a Soviet spy or let me go to the damn thus here to pull up this next one. Um, this next one is called the hummingbird project started by Kim Wynn. Uh, in the hopes of striking it rich, two scheming cousins, Jesse Eisenberg and Alexander Skarsgård, good mm. cast, try to build a thousand mile long, four inch wide tunnel from Kansas to New Jersey that will give them a one millisecond edge on transit transactions at the New York Stock Exchange. <laughs> I didn't know that's what that was about. Damn, that's pretty. <laughs> that's close. That premise is ridiculous and mm-hmm. kind of amazing. Uh, but I do like Judy Dench and I like to see her in sort of unconventional roles for okay. her. So I think probably that one. Okay. Red Joan. Red Joan. Um, that other one sounds really good though. It really does. I didn't know anything about that. If you wind up going with that one, I'm, I, I'm not uh, gonna, not yeah. gonna get angry. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next up, this is movie I'm actually very excited about. It's called mouthpiece. Instructed by Patricia Rosema, who made um, Into the Forest a couple of years ago with uh, uh, Ellen Page and oh. Evan Rachel Wood, I think. Yes, yes, okay. Um, which was, a, I don't know if you saw that, it was a Is good that a movie. a couple years ago? I thought that was just last year. I think it might have been two years ago. Okay. Uh, and this one's called Mouthpiece. It's uh, Patricia Rosema adapts the award-winning two-woman play by Amy by a couple of people. Uh, I'm going to say their names: Amy Nostbacken and Nora Sadava, okay. about an aspiring writer attempting to reconcile her feminism with the conformist choices of her mother following her mother's sudden death. Hmm. So that is up my alley. Very much so. Um, oh, I should have looked at the uh, cast, huh? Let's see who we got here. No, it doesn't say. Okay. Well, that was a waste of time. Okay. So mouthpiece, keep that in your mind. Okay. While I, uh, while I vamp, okay. um, 
you should definitely check out everybody should check out into the forest it's a really good movie um a big Evan Rachel Wood fan you know that I don't think I can I don't think I can picture what she looks like I'm sure I've probably seen her in a movie uh yeah you of course you have you never saw 13 no I didn't all right well now we're gonna go through Evan okay, Rachel yeah. Wood's uh <laughs> filmography there's this gotta be little, there's gotta be something um wasn't she in the missing the Ron Howard movie Maybe I don't know. I didn't. She was see on it. True Blood, but I know you didn't watch that. Okay, so she's in The Ides of March. I did see that. I don't remember who she was. She's on Westworld now, obviously. But, okay. Uh, uh, okay, yes, yeah, she's in Into the Forest. Okay, so here we go. Okay, looking through. Okay, so I saw Ides of March. The Wrestler. Apparently, she's in The Wrestler. Oh boy, remember that? I don't either. Uh, Does she play? I guess she probably plays her daughter, his daughter, right? Like, doesn't his daughter show up? I guess. I Damn. Okay. This it's killing me that I can't actually picture her. Hang Down on. in the valley, the upside of anger. Yeah, the missing thirteen. Okay, I did see the upside of anger. Um. Yeah. The upside of anger. Okay. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. Weird. Every once in a while, there's just like these blind spots, and I've seen her in things, but she has never registered to me as particularly memorable in those things. And so, uh, isn't that? I, I feel bad about it. I'm sure she's a perfectly fine actress, but uh, yeah, she has. Yeah. She's not not uh, stayed in my mind. Okay, so the next one. Um, so that's that's mouthpiece. The next one is maybe called Giant Little Ones. Um, and the latest from Canadian director Keith Berman. Listen to this cast. Kyle MacLachlan and Maria Bello. Okay. Star as divorced parents whose teenage son, Josh Wiggins, I don't know if you saw Walking Out, but he's really good, faces seismic personal upheaval after an unexpected incident at a party. The Giant Little Ones or Mouthpiece? Hmm. Those are your choices. I don't, uh, I tend not to trust things based on plays because... Huh. It could get. There's always the potential that it just winds up being very stagey and sure, sure. Um, but I think I'm. I think I'd probably go with that one. Um, the second one. Uh, wait, what was the first one called? Mouthpiece. Mouthpiece. I think probably mouthpiece. Okay, yeah, that's. Um, yeah, spoiler alert. That's on my to see list. Um, so I probably giant little ones looks very. It look does look very good though. Okay. Next up, you've got The Front Runner, which is um, Gary Hart uh, thing. Jason Reitman's movie about, about Gary Hart. Or you've got Roma, which is the new Alfonso Cuaron uh, autobiographical uh, black and white uh, 1970s movie. Uh, who's it about? What's that? Who's it about? It's autobiographical. Oh, autobiographical. Oh, okay. Yeah. Semi-autobiographical. One year in the life of a middle-class family in 1970s Mexico City. Um... Uh, probably front runner honestly like i know oh, that really? sounds i know that sounds awful hmm. i'm sure it's i'm sure the roma is very good but uh hmm. you know it's and, and the fact that it's autobiographical is uh, autobiographical probably gets my attention more but the i uh, this is a, okay this is when i feel pardon me this is when i feel like an asshole is that you know i've said this about like holocaust movies that okay. if a movie takes place during the Holocaust, if a movie in 2018 takes place during the Holocaust, or it's about that, but it's not really bringing anything new to it, like I, I totally understand. Like this is something that we need to remember. It's a thing that we need to acknowledge as often as we can, probably. Um, but at the same time, like I, I'm sure that there are probably some people out there, probably executives, maybe not the filmmakers themselves, who think like this could get us an Oscar, 
or this is going to get us good reviews mm. just because of the nature of what they are depicting. Okay. Um, and along those same lines, the idea of like, I've seen Angela's ashes. Like it's, <laughs> it's not in Mexico city, uh-huh. but it's still like a, a family that's right. Struggling and all that. And, and that's I'm based sh- on a memoir. That's not autobiographical. Right. The director didn't. Right. So like the yeah. fact that this is autobiographical is like, well, it's probably not exploitative certainly, but at the same time, I guess what he can bring new to it is that it's his life specifically. So it's, it's yeah. close. It's close. But I think I'd probably go with the front runner. Okay. Um, personally, personally, because I do, I, I like Hugh Jackman and I'm interested to see him in that type sure. of part. Um, I accidentally put shoplifters in high life on here twice, but uh, we already went through those. Mm-hmm. So next up is a movie. Oh man, listen to this cast. Okay. This is the land of steady habits. Ben Mendelsohn, Edie Falco and Connie Britton star oh, wow. in the latest from the Cole Hall of center. In which oh. a newly retired husband and father leaves his wife in such a freedom, but his reckless new path leaves him longing for the steady comforts of his old life. Also what's got that, Thomas Mann. Called? It's called The Land of Steady Habits. Okay. All right. So that's the first one. Okay. The second one, <laughs> this is the most exciting part, is where I have to scroll. Um, uh, Directed by Elizabeth Chomko, it's called What They Had. Hillary, another great cast. Hilary Swank, Blythe Danner, Robert Forster, and Michael Shannon star in this intimate family drama about a woman who's, who returns home to help her Alzheimer's infl- afflicted mother while also grappling with her own past. Sounds like a bummer, but yeah. a great cast. Uh, they're both great casts. Um, yeah. If it were me, I probably... Alzheimer's is a tough thing to see. Yes. Like I saw it in my grandfather. I forget. I believe you've, well, you, you I, worked at the, at a nursing home. Yeah. But also I forget. Did you, do you have no, a family? Thank God. No. Yeah. It was, it's very hard to see. It is a, like, it's really awful. And so it's something that I don't, I mean, nobody likes to see it in a film, but it's something that, I might actively avoid hmm. just for my own thing. Um, I'm sure that's very good, but I'd say probably, uh, what is it called? The Land, uh, of, Steady the Land of Steady Habits. Probably that one. All right. Um, also, it was Nicole Hollis Center, who's great. Yeah. Oh, Josh P- uh, Pace is in it. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I think you had it right the first time. I think it's Pace. Okay. Um, <clears throat> all right, next up, Zhang Yimou's follow-up to The Great Wall, Shadow. Uh, master filmmaker filmmaker Zhang Yimou brings a completely original cinematic style to an epic battle story blah 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 (laughs) Um, (laughs) gonna need to be more specific there buddy (laughs) Uh, so Shadow or Can You Ever Forgive Me which is the new Mario Heller film uh, where in Melissa McCarthy and is it Richard Grant play uh, Forgers Gosh, that's tough. Oh, I feel Jane like curtains and can you ever forgive me? That's, oh boy. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Richard E. Grant. Okay. So, so yeah, Zhang Yimou, Mar- uh, Mariel Heller. Did you see the diary of a, an American teenager? No, I heard, I heard good things though. Yeah. It's I really know, it's good. so generic. I think I made my top 10 list, but um, not top 10 most memorable titles. I'll tell you that. I would say, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what would be, <laughs> let's, maybe let's not right now, but let's work on that. 
Let's see. Top 10 most memorable titles are probably long ones. Yeah. If it's Tuesday, it's mostly Belgium. Yeah. Come back to the five and dime Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. Yeah. Oh, dad, poor dad. Mama's <laughs> hung you in the closet and I'm feeling so sad. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Yeah. Strange, love her, how we learned to stop wearing love the bomb. That's, you know, a more mainstream one. Yeah. Uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two. <laughs> yeah. That is ridiculous. Now that I think about it. Um, so, okay. I guess Lee Daniels, the butler, is... Oh, you mean uh, Lee Daniels, Lee Daniels, Daniels, the butler? That's the one, yeah. Um, So, uh, okay. I think, honestly, when it comes right down to it, like, if you have the option of seeing Zhang Yimou, like, on a big screen, you do it. And so, and it's not as though you can't see it later, but I'd say, yeah, probably go with that one. Okay, all right. Next up, we've got Beautiful Boy, which is the... um, Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet yeah. uh, movie directed by Felix Van Groningen, uh, mm-hmm. who is the only reason I want to see it mm-hmm. because um, I saw the Broken Circle breakdown and I thought it was amazing. You like Timothy Chalamet, though? Um, I do. Yeah, I, he, I was just, one, he was one of your early guys talking about Miss Stevens or whatever. That's all, right. You know. he, yeah, and yeah, and uh, Homeland before that, mm-hmm. um, and then the movie spoilers that I'm definitely way more interested in. Um, it's called Burning. Mm-hmm. In this thriller from director Lee Chang Dong, based on a short story by Haruki Murakami, a young man grows suspicious about the motives of a deceptive interloper who is hanging around with his childhood friend turned burgeoning love interest. In this, uh, Stephen Yoon's in that, Stephen right? Stephen Yoon, yeah, from The Walking Dead. It, it looks very good, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'd say go with that one. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you, so I've been, this is my first tiff after three Sundances. And so I've been it's still the only like big I have obviously in Los Angeles, we have AFI fest and LA film fest, but like the big, the big festival I have this to compare to is Sundance. And so there's a couple things that I've noticed, which is the TIFF is bigger than Sundance in mm-hmm. terms of just sheer number of films. It's yeah. completely insane. Yeah. Um, there's no, way I'm just, like most of these movies that I mentioned, I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing I mentioned it, or that I've noticed is that I think maybe because Toronto was like a position in like the awards thing. Mm-hmm. The movies that play there tend to be on the long side. Whereas at Sundance, you get a lot of 90 minute movies Yeah, here. Like burning is two hours, two and a half hours. And like, it's not, it's not a rarity. Like looking at, cause I was like trying to make my schedule and I'd be like, okay, this is at this time. So I can probably make this. But I look at the runtime in the previous one. And it's like two hours and 15 minutes. Like everything is long. Wow. At, this burning movie, like it seems like a taut thriller, but it is certainly, it's fairly yeah, languid. Two hours and like. well, 28 minutes. Sorry if I over, I exaggerated by two minutes there. Two hours and 28 minutes. Boy. Um, boy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Another long one that should be a ton of fun is Paul Greengrass's 22 July, which is, uh, the true story of a deadly terror attack in Norway on July 22nd, 2011, where 77 people were killed by a far right extremist. Um, and it says people that are almost entirely kids that he Mm -hmm. killed. And this one, um, is two hours and 23 minutes long. So it should be, uh, a really, really fun time. That's (laughs) a lot of shaky cam. Uh, yeah. And a lot of, children being murdered right um but i am interested i like paul greengrass yeah i like that um as we talked about in the film preview it's an all uh norwegian cast yeah that's great um and then okay 
second choice is a movie called Donnybrook. Uh, hard-hitting drama tells the story of two men, an ex-Marine who struggles to provide for his family and a violent drug dealer with an undefeated fighting record who are determined to compete in the Donnybrook, a legendary bare-knuckle brawl with a cash prize of $100,000. Fuck yeah. I Starring, think- oh my God. I think this movie needs to move on my list. Okay. Starring Jamie Bell and Frank Grillo. Oh, there you go. Holy shit. Wow, you should go I with that. You should go yeah, with that. I didn't realize that much about this, but yeah. wow. I love Jimmy Bell. I really yeah. like Frank Grillo. I don't know if I I don't know if I'm aware of him. I know I know the name. Well he's in the um second and third purge movies. That's like the Okay, yeah. Uh, no. The big thing for me. Um but I know I, I I know he must have done something else that people knew him from because I He remember, was in the gray. The gray, okay. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, all right. So he he played. Uh, I believe the character is referred is known as Crossbones in uh, Captain America: Civil War. Okay. Well, I remember on 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 Twitter uh, back before they cast John Bernthal in Marvel's The Punisher, a lot of people, a mm. lot of people I follow were like pushing for they should cast Frank Grillo as the Punisher. Uh, I could, um, yeah, I I believe it. I could see it. Okay. Um, Next up, Green Book, which is uh, Peter Farrelly's um, solo directorial debut. That's when we talked about last week with Mahershala Ali and Viggo Mortensen. Or the movie I didn't want to say the name of last week because I find the name unsettling, but I really want to see it. Alex Ross Perry's new movie, Her Smell. Ugh. Yeah, right? Ugh. Uh, What's wrong with him? Yeah. Elizabeth Moss takes center stage as Becky something, a talented but self-destructive musician who seems determined to alienate everyone around her, even at the cost of her band's success. Um, cinematography by Sean Price Williams. You've also got Amber Heard, Cara Delevingne, Virginia Madsen, Dan Stevens, Ashley Benson, and Eric Stoltz. Damn. That's, so a, very, that's a very good cast. Green Book or her smell right i feel <laughs> like name. yeah one for her smell like that's a yeah. ugh. okay what a jerk making you have to say that yeah uh probably that one though yeah okay because i accidentally put an odd number we're gonna have a three-way battle royale here at the end how exciting okay and then we're gonna be done okay have uh, you been have you been writing down which ones i choose uh, no because like i said my, my schedule is mostly i that's another difference between Toronto and Sundance is that your press pass gets you a certain number of sure. public screenings. Whereas, but at Sundance you can reserve them like a couple weeks beforehand. I'm not allowed to reserve them until like three days, two days before the festival starts this time. So my, my schedule is not yeah. solid. It depends on what I get, but I have mostly. Let me ask you this. How up. often has my choice coincided with yours? Uh, I would say more often than not. Okay. I'd say there's a couple that have surprised me. Okay. Um, that you picked, uh, but I can't remember. It now. was probably pretty close to be uh, honest. But. Which ones? Um, uh, yeah, you, I mean, you picked Sisters Brothers over Through Black Spruce, I think. But I, because I've been, like I said, intentionally trying to not see things sure. that already have a U.S. release date. Sure. You know what I mean? Uh, all right, so three-way, even though I already know what you're going to pick. First up is the one you're going to pick, Hold the Dark, which is the new Jeremy Sonier movie in which Jeffrey Wright hunts a wolf. Um, okay. <laughs> it's one of my most anticipated uh, movies of the fall, I think. Jeff, you um, said Jeffrey Wright, right? Yeah. I mean, that honestly, like that in itself is an appeal like him yeah. in a lead role is exciting uh white boy rick uh which okay. is about the kid selling drugs yeah 
or in this one, there's no way you're going to pick. Well, it. if you've seen the poster, you've seen the film, David. Yeah. So you're fine. Uh, and you know, in no way you're going to pick. But I had to act with. I had to end with another actor's directorial debut, Wildlife, directed by Paul Dano, um, which I remember sounded pretty good. And I think, I if remember. I remember, Scott liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, at Sundance, and Paul Dano's evocative and emotional directorial debut. All right, I'll decide if it's evocative and emotional when I see it. Uh, a teenage boy in 1960s Montana experiences the breakdown of his parents' marriage, and his mother's Carrie Mulligan struggled to keep their lives afloat after his father Jake Gyllenhaal leaves. So you've got Ed Oxenbold, who's the kid from The Visit, and yeah. uh, Better Watch Out. Yeah. Carrie Mulligan and Jake Gyllenhaal, great cast but I feel like you're going to go with the Jeremy Sullivan the A movie, right? Well, I wasn't a huge green room fan as you know, right? Um, but that one did not, did not have Jeffrey Wright hunting a wolf. That's true. It had Patrick Stewart hunting a wolf who is interesting, but not as interesting. Wait, green room had Patrick Stewart hunting a wolf. I'm lying, <laughs> but <laughs> it's like, it was almost there. Yeah. It was almost, they almost had the formula down. Um, yeah. You know, here's what, uh, I know I'm with you that blue ruin is better than green room. One thing I By really, far, I think one thing I really truly do love and respect about green room is that all the dogs survive. <laughs> there are so many movies in which dogs die Yeah, that, um, uh, I've come to maybe almost kind of expect like when a character has a dog in a movie, I'm like, Oh, they're going to kill that dog. Aren't they? And I will say just as a spoiler for, I really like the movie, but spoilers for the little stranger. The dog dies and it's oh, no. very, very sad. Oh, that's <laughs> unfortunate. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And like the Babadook, like yeah. the dog dies and yeah, it's yeah. So in green room, the dogs lived in this one. Maybe the wolf lives. Who knows? Maybe Jeffrey Wright is not as formidable a hunter as he's made out to be. I don't know. I, I, I'm rooting for Jeffrey Wright, even against, uh, even against a wolf, but, uh, so hold the dark white boy, Rick or wildlife. I think that I think probably hold the dark just because green room is not, I think from a script standpoint, I think it's merely fine, but from a filmmaking standpoint, I think it's great. So I think, yeah, I think this will be a very interesting exercise for him. All right. So, um, are you Tyler more excited about what I come back from Sunday or sometimes from Toronto with, uh, after having gone through this preview? Sure. What the hell? I mean, are you excited about the movies? This is a preview of movies that you're going to get to see eventually in most cases. Yeah. I don't know about Through Black Spruce. I don't know what the release schedule well, that's that is. that's all right. You're not seeing that one anyway. You're seeing the one I told you to see. <laughs> Sisters Brothers? Yeah. I'm probably seeing neither. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, no, it's, it's, this is helpful for me partially because, like, I, I don't pay attention to any of this. Neither do I. But, um, yeah. But now you have to. Yeah. Like, I pay attention to it... <laughs> when we get around to Oscar draft time uh, and I, and I will look at like this, the, the contenders that it got good, like, you know, good buzz at Toronto and stuff like yeah. that. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because this is, it's interesting, but also, also a little bit frustrating when you talk about film festivals, because every once in a while there's a movie that just sounds so great or that you actually see and you say that was marvelous and there's no release date on the horizon. You're like, why not? Look, I, yeah. I recognize it's not a big money maker, but like, if you 
play it right it'll at least make its money back and then people have the opportunity to yeah. see it but uh but yeah so there is that but no it's it this is very interesting to me and a lot of these movies sound good and i and i do think that i feel like anything with any kind of notable actor will get a release date of some kind at some point so it's it's helpful to know that yeah um well you know i mean speaking of um fantasy award season um by the time you're hearing this, Telluride has already started, which by my reckoning is the official kickoff of award season. It's the kickoff, but I feel like I say it's a prelude. TIFF is usually the yeah. official kickoff. I don't know. I, um, I love Telluride. I mean, I've never been to Telluride. I would love to go. It looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that. Unlike we couldn't do this episode for Telluride because they announced the schedule the day before you bypasses. Not you just go to the small town and like, yeah, hope they're showing some good shit, which I guess they usually are. That sounds uh, very stressful. To uh, me. I kind of find it exciting. Um, so that's uh, to me, that's that's the kickoff. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're like, what are they talking about? Fantasy Oscar award? What? <laughs> Obviously, you haven't been listening for you've been listening for less than a year, this, or yeah, probably less than six months. Um, In which case, welcome. We're yeah. glad to have you. We're Tell all, your always glad to. Glad. I can't talk. I, I've been doing too much of the talk in this episode. Um, anyway, it's just a thing that we do with our friends every year, where we do fantasy sports. Except it's uh, award season. You pick a different horse, as it were, for each category. Yeah. Um, and you track the points. And if you want to do it at home, it's completely free of charge. You can go to our fantasy award season tab on the website and download the spreadsheet and the uh, rules. No. Material. Everything you need. To Everything know. you need to start your own fun league. And if you, because Tyler and Scott put a lot of work into that, if you feel like dropping a few bucks in the donate on the donate button, there's a, there's a button, uh, right there. Um, and, uh, I would really, yeah, we really appreciate it. It's a fun time. And, uh, again, you don't have to pay anything, but we put the donate button. Um, I can't say donate button. Do you know what I think of? This is a way throwback to battleship retention. Okay. The first time our friend Sean Conroy was on. Okay. And I said at the end of the episode, I said, don't forget to click the donate button, except I said it very quickly and mumbly because I talk like I do. Mm-hmm. And I said, donut button. <laughs> and Sean said, don't forget to invent the donut button. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we I always Sean back on the show properly. Yeah, like, he does he's our done... commentaries, which yeah. those are, yeah, hey, as long as we're shilling, we got, we're, we're wrapping up early. So Hell we yeah. can just spend some time telling you if you want another way to support the show is we have lots of premium content mm-hmm. that um, you can buy for super cheap given how much content it is and what we do a lot of the time is uh well twice a year <laughs> a lot of the time twice a year yeah. we do a thing where we watch a marathon of movies tyler and i watch them straight through well, with bathroom breaks but straight through straight through pretty much and we have some of our favorite friends and guests cycling through and watching them, the movies with us uh and you can buy those as individual commentary tracks or if you want to save some money and get the full experience which is how we designed it yeah. you can buy them as a chunk for each one so we did it is uh, interesting when someone I'll say this, like sometimes it's a series like Harry Potter or alien or, or Batman or something like that. Lord of the Rings, Lord yeah. of the Rings. Other times it's, I put them together based on like a theme. Yeah. Those are know? usually the, um, usually those are the fall. We do like horror. Yeah. Cause we've done slashers yeah. and we've done alien invaders Yeah, and, and I, we've done eaten alive. So we've done our horror movies. I'm usually not that interested in, uh, horror series. Because I don't want to oh, just. Right. First off, there's very seldom only four of them. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, you know. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's always interesting when somebody 
choose like they like this happened the other day somebody paid for like the third one in like the slasher commentary one out oh, that of was that, the five, five movie one yeah so it's like all right i mean yeah i'm gonna i'll send it to you here you go i think by the time you get to three the 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 in jokes have been firmly established yeah, at that it won't point. Make much sense. Yeah, you and, can, yeah. Buy the whole thing. It's only ten bucks for for each package. They're usually yeah. four movies, or they're three in the case of Lord of the Rings, or five in case of the Slashers. But it mm-hmm. generally evens out to about nine hours, right? Yeah. Um, the and then we've got coming up. Well, it's going to be here before we. Uh, yeah, before I gotta, we know it. I haven't emailed anybody. Um, I gotta get on this. The second half of the Harry Potter marathon. So we're watching all the David Yates movies. Mm-hmm. So catch up on our first half um, of Harry Potter that's Indeed. available. And yeah, so you get to support the show and you get some great content that isn't available uh, elsewhere. So um, that's that. You can find us at battleshippretension.com dot um, where you can um, you can check out my review of The Little Stranger. I really liked it, even though spoilers, the dog doesn't make it. Um, and you can uh, I reviewed eat. Operation Finale. That's right. That's which up now. Came out some random ass day in the middle of the week, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, uh, you can email us at David at BattleshipRetention.com or Tyler at BattleshipRetention.com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at DaveyPretension. You can follow Tyler at Tyler Pretension. Your other podcast is called More Than One Lesson. Anything going on there? No, unfortunately. Uh, one of my co-hosts is having a, a family uh, issue, a family crisis, oh. and so. Uh, uh, some things have been pushed back and uh, so I feel very badly for what he's going through right now so uh, but probably I think next week or the week after we'll start coming back with uh, with new content okay um, well best of uh, best of luck in uh, in my thoughts to your mm-hmm. your, your, your co-host um, is there something else I usually say here uh, no uh, thanks for listening we'll get you next time bye bye This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 